interrogation of a hip-hop album where we take some of the culture's most beloved hip-hop albums put them on the stand see if they stood the test of time now let's see who we got on the stand today dun dun welcome to another episode of rap in order i'm first class reg and i'm tori mb today guys we're getting into q-tips amplified amplified is his debut solo album it was released in 1999 um it came after the quote-unquote breakup of A Tribe Called Quest. The album was mostly, well, fully produced by Q-Tip and Jay Dilla. Um, it had two hit singles, Breathe and Stop, and of course, Vibrant Thing, which is the first rap song to ever go number one on Billboard's R&B airplay chart. Album debuted at number 28 on the charts, went on to achieve gold status. Uh, it received plenty of criticism when it dropped because it didn't fit in alignment with uh, the sound that, up until this point, A Tribe Called Quest was known for. Um, but on the reflective part of it, you know, a lot of people came back around to this album and they really enjoyed it. But, um, what do you think? This album was amazing. Um, in 99, I was, I think I was 12, but I, I turned 13 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But 99 was an amazing year for music. It was fresh off the cuff of 98, which was quote unquote, the biggest year in music history. Like the, the as far as like money. So, like, 99, a lot of artists had, like, a lot to prove. And I think with Tip, like, you, I'm going to piggyback off of what you said. Like, he was coming off the breakup of Tribe. His house burned down. Um, I think, like, also he had met Dilla prior to that. Mm-hmm. So, like, this was, like, him trying to, like, figure out new ways to make music because all of his records that he had were, like, destroyed. So, he had to, he learned how to play different instruments. So, he learned how to play piano and, I think, the drum. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, he kind of went through, like, a musical renaissance because, like, he met, like, Questlove and, like, Common and Bilal and all those artists. Who, and I think that, like, that's a whole nother group. They call themselves the Soquarians. Soquarians. Like, all, you know, all the retro people and everything like that and, uh, and D'Angelo. So, like, I think about this album a lot because my mom, like, loves Q-Tip. And, like, I always talk about my mom on here. And it... I just remember how much she like played this album and like I just felt like it was like a poppy album as a kid and I just felt like it was really commercial. Mm-hmm. So and like you gotta remember this is fresh off the hills of like DMX mm-hmm. <laughs> in '98. So like I just I, as a kid I just wasn't I didn't want to yeah. you know I didn't want to hear this and it was weird to me. I was like why is he wearing a, a fur coat? Why is he wearing leather pants? It was like weird because yeah. we were it was like you're like Red said. Imagine seeing like Kendrick Lamar come out and like. Talk about like wearing jewelry and shit. It's fucking confusing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's what it was like. So, um, going back and revisiting this album like brought back amazing memories because it also made me think about all the other music that came out in '99, and it made me realize how ahead of his time Q-Tip was. Like yeah. as far as understanding like what will work on radio for hip hop. Like he was like very much ahead of his time. I think so too. I think um, when Q-Tip dropped this album, I wasn't in this frame of mind with uh listening to this type of rap because like you said before like 1998 was so big for rap like you had big pun you had dmx you had jay-z's biggest year as a rapper you Mm -hmm. had all these rappers that dropped that were nothing like this and um 
you get an album like Amplified, where even when you look at the cover, it's like he has something to prove. Like you look at the cover and it's him in different variations. It's mm-hmm. like, yo, he's, I took it as like, he's taking charge of like all these different sounds and he's like finding a way to blend all this shit because it's him by himself. Um, and Tribe Called Quest, you know, I was familiar with their work back then, but not fully tapped in. Like even Electric uh, Relaxation, like I heard for the first time because of Wayne Brothers, because mm-hmm. of the opening theme. And then it wasn't until like later that like I heard that and I went back and I listened. But but yeah, so Electric Relaxation and all the all the songs that that uh, a Tribe Called Quest was known for, I wasn't that familiar with yet. Um, but that's why when Amplify came out, this was like my proper introduction to Q-Tip and his music. So I didn't understand the kind of outrage that was around it. Like I remember my brothers even saying like, yo, this is different, whatever. But when Vibrant Thing coming on, everybody fucked with it. And Vibrant Thing being such a moment in itself because Hype Williams did the video. And it's like Q-Tip working with somebody like Hype Williams, that just wasn't. It was unheard of back then, especially for the type of music he made. Yo, like think of, and and you also got to think about it, like how much flack um, Diddy got for Make It Forever. Yeah, yeah, and and you know everybody already like made him like the poster child of like the shiny suit era and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So then Q Tip coming out and kind of doing it, they were like, oh, man, he's trying to do this," but like actually, like Tip was like a super duper like in depth soulful dude, but like he just. And Jay Dilla, mm-hmm. like the most backpackiest of the backpacker, like motherfuckers, is like his his. What was in that? They 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 had like a production duo name. I think I wrote oh, it down. Uh, Uma. There you go. Yeah, yeah, Uma. That was the name of like their mm-hmm. production duo. So I just think that was dope. Yeah. So um, they had it going. Yeah, because he met he met Dilla very early on, and he did some early work for Tribe back then. Mm-hmm. But Q Tip always championed um, Dilla and his sound. But it wasn't until this album that he was able to like really fully relinquish like creativity and like really give it to Dilla and let him run wild with it. But like if you know both of their production styles, you can kind of listen to who did what and who chimed in on what. So it's a really cool reflective listen um, in that in that aspect. But the album the album itself opens up with Wait Up. <clears throat> Wait Up, of course, is produced by Q Tip and Dilla. How you feel about this opening? Yo, it's funky. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how it like kind of like kicks the album off. It's the opening, letting us know like the, like he pretty much like lets us know like all right, this is not like what y'all used to from me, mm-hmm. and like he like goes into it, like he leans into being pop. Yeah, and like that is something that I'm like kind of like oh shit. And it, it's a feel good record. Like even like the way it starts, like it starts off like he's doing like having like a jam session. Yeah, it does. Because it does, like, the counting. The like, notes. Yeah, yeah, the notes. So I, was, I thought that was dope. Yeah, I, I agree. And um, it's a great it's a great opener for this album. Um, Backpackers was pissed. Yeah. Just off rip. Because <laughs> he lets you basically know, like, this is not what you're about to hear. That's, like, that you're accustomed to from me, at least. Um, it follows up with Hire. Hire is produced, of course. Well, the whole album is produced by Q-Tip and Dilla. So I'll stop saying that. Um how we feel about this? I think they really understood each other. The blends are perfect. Um, they sent, he just sounds incredible. Q-Tip and it's like his as a soul voice on his own is one of my favorite voices in hip hop. Yeah. Um, this all right. So if this song came out today, mm-hmm. it would do ridiculous numbers on the streaming services because of how like now that like everybody like all 
you can't figure out what song is a single on certain albums now, and the fans kind of dictate that. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like with this album, I feel like the fans would have picked different. Like, obviously, Vibrant Things and Breathing Stop are, like, undeniable, like, hit songs. But I feel like there's more songs that would have got picked or, like, gotten more, like, spins because of streaming. If this album would have dropped during the streaming era, like, I I think it would have, like, broken records. It's just, this album just fits into the realm of, like, what's going on right now. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it kind of came out at the wrong time. Um, That's him twice. Let's see. 1999 rap albums, right? You had, um, but then you had you had some eclectic albums at this time too. But oh yeah, I had it listed too. Yeah, yeah. This album, I mean, this year that this came out, you know, Slim Shady LP like dominated that year. Yeah. But then you also had Dr. Dre's 2000 2001 album. Mm-hmm. Um, but you had Black on both sides and Things Fall Apart from the Roots. So like, yeah, um, Pharrell Monch. Yeah, Pharrell Monch and um, th- so there, there's a good mixed bag that came out this year. Oh, yeah, so. definitely. It was a mixed bag. Like, yeah. It was, uh, we got Volume 3, Missy's The Real World, mm-hmm. um, DMX and There Was X, two Nas albums, mm-hmm. Ja Rule's debut album, Eve's debut album, Mace's uh, sophomore album, uh, Method Man and Red Man's album. Yeah, and as you noted earlier, two albums from Nas. Yeah, I said that. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um. So yeah. So you had like a good mixed bag. You had uh, Cash Money still dominating this year. Right. Yeah. Um. And no well, limit. Yeah. Like yeah. So no no limits run. So it was funny. So no limit was on the decline, mm-hmm. and, and Cash Money was on the rise. Mm-hmm. Like it was like, it was like they were going on different escalators or whatever. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Um. Exactly. So. I I guess this did in retrospect come out at the right time, but for Q Tip. Um, it was just a hard pill to swallow because this just wasn't the type of shit you was used to from him. So I have um, I have something to say. Yeah, I think Q Tip is too humble. I think that if if, if Q Tip had energy like Kanye, like none of this shit would be going on right now. I and think so. Yeah, like I think like, and I I know like people don't like it, and they're like, oh, this person's an asshole. But like, look look how somebody can get overlooked. Mm-hmm. Like do like do, I don't think some people understand like how. How much Q-Tip has contributed to music? I don't think they do, and yeah, he is really humble in that in that aspect. Um, but at the same time, like Pharrell's really humble, and we know his contributions. But some other people champion Pharrell. I don't yeah. think I don't I don't get it, and I don't know why. But like people don't like, and it's like the people that champion Tip don't really get listened to, like Busta Rhymes. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just weird to Busta me. Busta Rhymes like, is like one of his best friends. Yeah, so like, like Busta Rhymes and Kanye. Kanye champions. Kanye, Kanye, Kanye champions. And tip. Tyler, Tyler champions. Q Tip is one of his inspirations. I, just, I guess it's just I, I just don't I don't get it. I I just wish that Tip got more attention because, um, he was in the sessions for Illmatic and in the sessions for the Infamous. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's crazy. That, what a what a. Tr- Crazy trajectory, like that's yeah, insane. like you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like he, like he, like a tribe called Quest, like you said, inspired the Neptunes, mm-hmm. inspired Tyler Creator, inspired, uh, inspired Kanye West. Like because of because of what Q-Tip was doing with a tribe called Quest, Dr. Dre felt pressure to make better hits for N.W.A. Like yeah. that's and and then after that, continue and then work with Snoop Dogg and, and Death Row. Like I'm just saying, like. I don't think that he gets the proper due. Like I know, like we say that all the time, but like I don't, I, I, I I'm dead serious, yo. Like I don't think he gets it, yo. Yo, I bro, think, I found out he he produced uh, Butterfly. 
For Mariah Carey. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yes. I didn't know that. He, well, he's one of the producers. Yeah. He's not I, the sole producer. He's not the sole producer. But, like, but he's yo. in there. Wow, I didn't know that. Come on. But, yeah, I guess, yeah, I agree with you. I think I think he doesn't, but he's super recluse. Like, you don't even, you barely get interviews from Q-Tip. Um, and I think that goes into it, too. Like, I feel like these artists um, that we champion, like, Pharrell gives us interviews. Pharrell has a podcast. Like, he's he's seeable. Like, he's visible. He plays on, the game. He's on social media. Yeah. Exactly. He plays the game. He's on social media. He's this and that. Q-Tip seems like he's so anti all of that. Like, right, yeah. I mean, like he said, yeah. the industry people be shady. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. So, I think with him, he's right where he wants to be with the acclaim and the respect that he has. Um, as long as he knows that when he pops out, he has the love and the support. He does still owe us, like, two other albums. Remember he said he did two albums and they were coming out back to back? Yo, bro, and uh, never I, read, I read that between the fire... So, but what well, he may amplify, right? But like, but from from the fire until two thousand eight, he said he made over five hundred songs that he had in the stash. And then remember um, that the his his so his sophomore album we and we did that episode already. Yeah, Renaissance. The Renaissance, like he, um, like the, the label made him push it back because of the love blow. Even though he he turned his in first before the love below, yeah. like neither one of them, they just it was just like the the at like the the universe, like neither one like neither one bit off the other one, but basically the concepts conceptually they had the same idea. Yeah, and they said they didn't. They flat out told him. I was reading interviews from back then too. They told him they didn't believe in it. They didn't really like the sound of it. Right. Um. So it kind of like I think it leaked back mm-hmm. then, and then early reviews came out, and when they was loving it, and that's when he got a set date. Okay. Now I got a I got a better example. He needed someone like Ellie Reed to to fuck with him. Yeah, if he had yeah, if he had a big titan behind him, because I feel like he's just been flying solo, in a sense, doing all this shit on his own. Like he he moves the needle on his own music. The only the only time that I've ever seen Q Tip like fight for something was when a Tribe Called Quest was didn't get nominated for a Grammy that that year when um Fight Throw passed away. Oh, tw- uh, I want to say that was 2016. I believe so. Yeah, for their and, last album. Yeah, and it's like before we got it from here. Like, mm-hmm. I think like he really wanted that moment at least to even like just be there. Like they performed, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But like I remember like that was a big deal. That like, would have been the icing on the cake. Like your, your man's just passed. Right. And then he's on his album that's critically acclaimed and you perform. It's like a slap in the face. Yeah. So I remember that like he was pissed. So I guess like you're right. Like it, it, he's super humble, but I, I know that like he was passionate about that. Like, yo, how does this album not get nominated for a Grammy at least? Like, not yeah. fuck win. Like, how do you not acknowledge that this album was one of the best, yeah, yeah. best albums of the year? So. And it was. It was a good album. Right. Um, so Higher is followed by Breathe and Stop, which was the second single on this album. This song gets overlooked a lot, in my opinion, because, you know, the monstrous single on this album is Vibrant Thing. Yeah. And it's by no means, it's not better than Vibrant Thing. But Breathe and Stop, that beat, and the way this comes on after Hire in itself, like the the sequencing on this album, that's another thing. It's amazing. Um, it's a great single. Mm-hmm. Um, all I can say is it's an infectious ass song, and I enjoyed the video very much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, same. Um, I think I think he just there was just this underlying tone when this album came out that like I feel like when it came on, people sucked their teeth. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it was yeah. weird. Like, yeah, it, like it was yeah. weird back then. It's like people would like think he's corny or something mm-hmm. like that. I felt like yeah, it was weird, man. And um, and I remember that energy, even though I was like really young, but I didn't know any better because I'm like, oh, this shit sounds good to me. This is cool. You know, he he's on a different vibe. These beats are fire. That's all you I know, cared about back then. All that aggr- you got to think about all the aggressive energy that was like coming out of New York at that time, like. And all the masculinity, and then you got like Q Tip, this dude with a high pitched voice, and then mm-hmm. like you know he's never really in no shit. Like mm-hmm. you got to think, like even LL Cool J was known for like knocking dudes out. So then you got Onyx. Even though he made softer music. Yeah, sometimes. even though he made softer music, like he he can't like he offset that. Like a lot of rappers was known for like you know getting in shit, and like Q Tip was just like this cool dude who like wanted to talk to you about like art. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Women were just sick of it. It was like, oh, I don't want a fucking poem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but then in retrospect, at the same time, Q-Tip was getting all these women. Oh, yeah. All of them. All these women back yeah, then. Because exactly. he was low-key and he was out of shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then somebody wanted to kill him because they thought that he was sleeping with his wife. Yeah, yeah. He has a story, man. Yeah. Imagine Q-Tip on Drink Champs. That'd be crazy. Did he? No, he hasn't done it. No, nah, he hasn't done yeah. it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. He, he I, don't th- I don't think he would either. Cause I, he looks like he can't handle his luck. Yeah, he'll get to talking some shit on there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, I was in Soho. I was. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I was gonna say? <laughs> I'm not gonna say that though. Um, moving with you. Moving with you is the song that follows "Breathing Stop." Um, classic sound, classic Dilla sound. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't have that many. Doesn't have any noted samples, even though Dilla was like. Very infamous for his sampling, um, but I looked. It's very obscure. This song doesn't have any samples. Right. Um, so this song I thought was a really dope, like kind of showed like his like like him how he picks up women mm-hmm. and like shows how like how he does the whole excuse me miss kind of thing. I thought that was dope. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, so moving with you is followed by Let's Ride. Let's Ride is still. One of my favorite songs from um, from this album. I still play this song. Um, great, beautiful production. This is like the sound that the OG um, Trap Call Quest fans probably wanted from this whole right. album. And the and the production like this this beat is always played like on the radio mm-hmm. whenever like they have like intermissions or like they just like talking and shit like that. Like, mm-hmm. and I feel like Angie like played this beat a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> And it's one of those songs that you heard, yeah, you heard the beat, you just didn't know the song. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is a beautiful classic record. Uh, the, the way it's produced is, like, there's layers upon layers of genius in this mm-hmm. song. Um, and that's, Things You Do is what follows that. Um, these track placements so far, and we're six tracks in, are immaculate. Yeah. That's another and, thing, like, he, he was really good, like... Even the Tribe albums, like they were like the placement of the songs were like really good. Yeah, and I think and I like that he always knows when to rap and when to scale it back and just let the beat ride. Mm-hmm. Like he's really good at that. Um, all in, all in is what follows that, and um, they, I, I like that uh, so far in this album too, and on this song, he showcases his personality. Yeah. Like I think I think that was like a breather for him, even though it was like a. It sucked for him to like take a break from from tribe, but it was a breather for him because he got a chance to showcase just his own set skill. Like I feel like that's what most that's how it is with most solo artists in general. Yeah. They get a chance to just show just ride solo, be you know, be their own person. I thought this this I enjoyed this one because on this track he actually kinda got more lyrical. Mm-hmm. 
compared to the other songs on the, on this album where he kind of like focused on like the hooks and the instrumentation. And on this one, like he like gave us some bars, and I was like, okay, yeah, like I. I'm actually really glad that you picked this, like, because I, I was just like, damn, I wonder why Russ picked this one. And, like, I'm listening to it again, and I'm just like, it's so funny, like, you know, because, like, remember, like, when we were younger, and, like, people would be like, oh, man, I don't want none of that pop shit or, like, you know, that radio shit. But it's like, Q-Tip kind of actually made a digestible hip-hop album that was pop. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it didn't feel like, you know, like, it was like some, like, fake commercial generic shit that, like, yeah. everybody, like, hated and everything like that. Like, yeah. you don't get no more hip-hop than Q-Tip. Exactly. Because he still, he already knows he cemented, so he just kind of let loose on here. I mean, this song starts off with him just, like, eating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's, like, chewing, like, mad loud in the in the, um, in the mic. I mentioned, so I meant, like, I wrote that down, and I just, I didn't, yeah. Him him talking into the mic like that is hilarious to me. Yeah, like it like he would never do that on a on a tribe album. <laughs> <laughs> he would never do that. I feel that that's what I like about this so much. It's such a like it's such a left turn, but it still showcases some genius. Like mm-hmm. this is genius work. Um what's that followed by? Go hard? Yeah. Yeah, go hard is what follows that. And I like how it starts <laughs> off as like a dark, like eighties movie type vibe. Mm-hmm. But then it kicks into a party type B. <laughs> I like that as well. Yeah. And then I also I like the part when he's like breaking down the different regions. Yeah. On the song. And yeah. I was like, I was like, okay. Like I just, oh man. I'm telling you, bro, like he don't get enough. Like he need he maybe Kanye need to get upset one day and like really, really talk about this shit. And, like, and talk about Q tip. Yo, yeah. I can see Kanye doing that, just going on a random rant about It's Q tip, dog. It's Q tip. <laughs> Y'all niggas don't understand. Yeah, I, I, like, I just feel like he he doesn't get like what he deserves. Yeah, Kanye, you never know with Kanye. He might do that tomorrow. Just hop on Twitter, hop on Instagram, and go on a. You know what? Brand. While I'm mad at Adidas, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a seven hour talk with Q-Tip, and, like, and put up a screenshot of they talk. And yeah. Just, you guys don't understand this brother, or y'all don't appreciate him enough. Some crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so Go Hard is followed by Do It, which is another great party song. Um, it, just, it sounds commercial when you listen to it, mm-hmm. but I fucking love this song. This is like his, and at this point in the album is when I realized that this was his shiny suit era. Of course. This was like, yeah, this was like, his interpretation of the shiny suit era. Yeah, and I actually think that he did a better job, and I think that's why I like Questlove and all those guys fuck with it. They were like, if you're going to do a shiny suit album, you got to. This is how yeah. you do it. Oh, is this what Puff's trying to do? Yeah, and like this is what he. This is what, I agree. Yeah, this is this is what he made of it. And you think about it, like if you come if you come compare this album to Forever, like mm-hmm. this album whoops Forever's ass. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people didn't like Forever, and I I like Forever. We should yeah, probably do that. We should probably do that. I would love to do it Forever. I'm with that. Um, but yeah, th- I think this is a great interpretation um, of that era. And then it's followed by Vibrant Thing, which is a classic fucking song. Every time I think of this song, you got to think of the video. You got to think about. Sp- I just think of silver and the white screen. I mean the um the white borders, mm-hmm. which is classic hype Williams. Um dancing. You yo, when you when you think about it, like that was really crazy. like it was really crazy for Q Tip to do to make such a left turn like that. Yeah. Like to come up with vibrant thing. Like he just it was so left for him. I see why niggas was mad. I see why they were mad. It was like, yo, you already taking our bitches. Now yeah. you making snorts for them? Like, like what? 
what and women shaking their ass. It was just, yeah. and him just riding in his car with them. It was and just having fun. And it's an incredible beat. And vibrant is not even a word. All this time I thought it was a word. Well, yeah, I mean, vibrant is a word. Yeah, but vibrant, no. Yeah, <laughs> vibrant, vibrant's not a word. It, it just sounds like it belongs in a dictionary. Anybody says vibrant, you know, you know what they mean, even though it's not an actual word. Right. You know, um, but yeah. So that's followed by NT, which features Buster Rhymes, mm-hmm. another one of my favorites on here. Um, Buster does the chorus. Uh, Buster sounds crazy on the chorus. Yeah, the beat is crazy. Q-Tip is really rapping. I think he's always trying. I think Buster will always be like a teenager and and to to tip like when he's around tip. You know, how sometimes there's certain people you're around and you don't feel like an adult. Yeah. I feel like he's always just like excited to be around tip. Yeah, and like he just always try to like impress him and show off or whatever like that. Hey, yo, come on, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that, like you know, like doing that shit because like. And to, this beat is another beat that like often gets played. Yeah, that, this shit is so hard. Ten times, just, for real. yeah, man, it's just insane. Like I, I would love. I wish I wish I was rich because if I was rich, there was this the things I would spend money on or put money behind is like shit, like a, a fucking tour. Like yo, I want to, I want to do a tour with Busta Rhymes and and fucking Q-Tip going tour. I would just, I would fund it. I would just pay for it. I would even yeah I would take them. I feel um, like I make I feel like I make my money back. What's that? Yeah, you probably would. I think you would. What's that album that they did um, together? Oh, Abstract uh, and the Dragon. Yeah, that was a good album. Yeah, that was a good album. I and think, I think I, even I, if they had toured that. Yeah, and like I will make sure like you know like I, I would probably do something like maybe like a a, a ten thousand seater. I feel like they can like fill out ten thousand seaters yeah. around around the United States and shit. I'm just saying like that's that's the kind of like fan that I am. Like I would do shit like that. Like I would like bring the fucking New York State of Mind tour to New York, like mm-hmm. shit like that. I would make Yo, sure they just get that just funded. that small fucking change. <laughs> I still would like to believe that Nas is not doing that. I think he's just waiting on a big announcement. It's probably gonna be something even bigger for New York. It gotta be. Okay. I mean, we'll see. It gotta be, yo. Maybe he's trying to. Maybe he's trying to get Hove. We shall see. You know, who knows? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Um, but. So that's followed by End of Time, which features corn. All right. I, do you know the story for this one? What's the story? So the story is that, all right, so we know that Q-Tip has changed his name to Kamal Farid, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, right? But what's his real name? Um, I forget. Jonathan Davis. Okay. The lead singer of Korn's name is Jonathan Davis. Jonathan Davis? So okay. they were fresh off of their, their, their like, album that came out in 98 that, like, sold millions of records so like at the label like tip found out like yo we have the same name well not the same name anymore but like you know some people my family still calls me that mm-hmm. so he was like yeah we should do a record together and then john you know white john was like <laughs> all right cool so like they came and like they like they they just merged their world together like q-tip didn't want to change anything that he did yeah and like they just made the, the song together and it actually like worked and I personally think that this song it was way ahead of its time mm-hmm. because remember, like everybody was like really like putting on a pedestal the song that Method Man and Fred Durst had together, and like okay, yeah, but like nah, like it, it should have been this song. This song should have been on TRL. This song, it's a like, great, yeah, it's a great. How did song. I don't understand how to like this is what I'm saying. La Reed would have saw this shit and said, "How many records is it corn sell?" <laughs> <laughs> 
and none yet. And we're like, oh, we shooting a video for this. And just organically, like, just like, yo, your name is John. My name was John. Yo, let's do a track. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's literally, like, the, that's the legit story for it. And I just think that's crazy. That's nuts. And I love that he starts a song where he's like, uh, just want to do me for real, you know? Uh, you love it or you hate it, fuck it. Because that's really the story of this whole album. Yeah. That's how that's how I feel like he went into this whole album because he he kind of all the naysayers, all the people that didn't um, that kind of tried to put him in a box. Like he has fucking corn on this album. Mm-hmm. Like how left can you go for an artist like Q-Tip or for somebody that was in such a um, self conscious group, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was amazing. And then he closes it out with "Do it, see it, be it," mm-hmm. um, where he talks about a lot of heavy shit on here, but just like. He just raps about it, puts it out there, closes that chapter. Like the thing that he says about the the house burned down. Mm-hmm. Plus, my house burned down. Me and Angel's in it. Drops her name. Mm-hmm. My crew was tired, and I knew I had that had to be the end of it. Like he addressed some shit on here. Nah, I I really like it because it was kind of like an autobiography, mm-hmm. like his own autobiography, and him just telling you everything that was just going on in his life and. So like cap that album off like that. I'm like, yo, this man sequenced this album immaculate. Like you yeah. could tell, like he really put time and yeah, effort really into this project. This. And the fact, like how how deflating, like you know, we we see artists like when they lose, like when stuff happens to their studios, like what could happen? Yeah, right. He and lost how, everything. Right. And I and I did see that. I'm sorry to cut you off. I did see that he. Uh, I read like an interview recently when I was just going back and like revisiting this. In an interview, he said that it was already special to him that he even had an inkling to still want to do music, mm-hmm. being that he lost everything. So he was like, yo, that in itself is special because, and I need to act on that. Because mm-hmm. anybody else that would have lost everything, all their equipment, 500 plus songs in a fire, and had to learn how to do shit over and make songs over and sequence shit over, like, that's a tall glass. Like, And he just was like, yo, well, I still want to do it, you know? And he acted on that. So, we reached the end of this album, Amplified, 1999, Q-Tip's debut album, debut solo album. How you feel? How you feeling? What you want to give it? Four waffles out of five. Okay. And the reason being? Um, the production is flawless. Mm-hmm. Um, the re-listen value is really good. Mm-hmm. I also feel that it was one of the most unique projects of that year. And um, also, I feel that like even though like he scaled back, he dumbed down the lyricism a lot. Like he made up for it in like mel- melody and and instrumentation. Yeah. So it's there's like a lot of things and, and the arranging of the album. So that's why I like I can't like say it's like a perfect album or anything like that, but I can definitely say like it is like a solid project. Like I actually need to get this shit on vinyl. <laughs> like I need to like have it in my home. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'd give it a four and a half out of five. Okay. I think um I think this album did this album is probably why I think if this album was more well received that uh off rip that Q tip would have the acclaim that we feel that he deserves. Mm-hmm. Cause you say that um that you feel like he's kinda underrated and doesn't get appreciated enough. I think this album and the way that it was received initially is the reason for that. I think mm-hmm. um people held him to People kind of stifled his creativity with just trying to get him to stick to one sound and um, and one style. But, you know, when you revisit this album and see 
the way that he sequenced it, what he was rapping about, the way that he was able to still rap the way that he did on party songs. Um, it was amazing. And like, just, and I think, and it just takes me back to the cover of like trying to take, take a hold of everything himself. And I think all the music on this album still holds up today. Nothing sounds dated. Um, it's incredible. And yeah, four and a half. No, man, like I said, it's nothing like, I can't, like, I can't say any, I can't say much that's bad with the album. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, so we'll leave it at that. I do invite you guys to um, to revisit this album, give it a listen, um, see how it holds up, and you know that that's that's your homework. I'm First Class Reg, and I'm Torian B. We out of here. Catch you next time.